The Independence was a ship, but its job was not to sail from here to there. Instead, it remained stationary at anchor in the port of Klaipeda on Lithuania's Baltic coast, and it just sat there, connected to a long jetty with mounting and mooring devices, steel connecting bridges, and a massive pipeline link. The supertanker had sailed into port to much fanfare a year earlier because everyone knew it was going to be a game-changer for the Lithuanians. And although now it was essentially a fixed object bobbing in the water and no longer much of a ship, it had achieved its mission. The independence was its name, but this was also its objective. It was a floating liquefied natural gas, LNG, storage and regasification unit, the first of its kind. Lithuania had been dependent on Russia for its gas and electricity needs for decades. On a whim determined by the political winds of the region, Russia could either raise the price of gas or reduce the flow. They had done this multiple times over the past few years, and as tensions between the Baltic nations and Russia grew, Lithuania's dependence on its neighbors' goodwill became a clear and present danger to their national security. An LNG import facility stood to change this. With the independence and the pipeline from the port, LNG shipments from Norway now could be delivered by tanker, offloaded onto the regasification facility, and turned into the natural gas necessary for the nation. This way, if the Russians once again turned off their gas pipelines, or once again raised the prices to extortionist rates, Lithuania and its allied neighbors needed only to exercise their option to turn on the safety valve provided by the independence. The process for regasification is highly technical and precise, but surprisingly simple to understand. In order to transport a large volume of gas, it needs to be converted into liquid, thus condensing it by a factor of 600. This is accomplished by dropping the temperature of the gas to minus 160 degrees. The liquefied form of the commodity is transported at this temperature in specially designed tankers, in this case from Norway to Lithuania. Here the LNG is pumped into the storage tanks of the Independence, where the regasification system superheats the liquid with propane and seawater, returning it to its gas form. The gas is then pumped into tubes that offload it through the port of Klaipeda and then along an 18-kilometer pipeline to the metering facility. From there, it goes directly to Lithuanian homes, where it provides much-needed heat for the long Baltic winters. The $330 million project was already serving its purpose from an economic standpoint. Russia dropped the price of its gas the day the independence went online, so they could compete with the Norwegian gas. But to say that the Russians weren't happy about this was a great understatement. They did not take kindly to energy export competition in Europe. Russia was accustomed to their monopoly, and they'd used it to threaten their neighbors, enrich their nation, and, perhaps most importantly, to mask their myriad other economic problems. Russian President Valery Volodin, in typical hyperbolic fashion, had even gone so far to claim Lithuania's new natural gas facility was nothing short of an act of war. Lithuania, like many of the other former Russian satellites, was used to incendiary rhetoric from Moscow, so the government in Vilnius just ignored Volodin's threats and imported large quantities of natural gas via Russian pipelines, 
and small quantities of LNG from Norway via the Baltic Sea, and the independence served as a model for other Baltic nations to work to develop their own secondary option for energy. The rest of Europe had a hand in the building and delivery of the independence to Lithuania. Stability in the region was in everyone's interests, after all, and NATO nations who could be pressured or controlled outright by Russia's energy exports were a weak link in the chain. It was therefore said that while Lithuania relied on the independence for its energy, Europe as a whole relied on the independence for its security. A middle-aged German electrical contractor walking along the jetty noticed the body floating in the water, and this saved his life. He'd come to work early this morning to check some misbehaving circuits in the offloading pumping station, only to find his truck stuck behind a locked gate. Deciding it would be faster to walk to the pumping station than wait for someone to bring a key, he'd started off along the 1,400-foot-long jetty at a pace spurred on by his annoyance that his morning hadn't started out well at all. He was only a quarter of the way along when he looked to his left and noticed something bobbing down below in the water at the far reaches of the jetty lights. At first he thought it was just a large piece of trash, but he stopped to make sure. Stepping up to the railing and looking over, he pulled an industrial-grade headlamp out of his backpack and flipped it on, holding it in his hands and shining it out. A diver in a wetsuit, a silver tank on its back, floated face down, arms and legs out.